There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod with Rugby Pass and Sky Sport. I'm Ross Carl, and we've got a bunch of questions to answer in this show. One's probably already been answered. Are the Blues and Crusaders there to everyone else? Absolutely, but they're up against each other this week, so who wins that game? How fast is Rico Ioane is another question. And what was going on with those refereeing decisions on the weekend? To break this open with me, James Parsons, former Blues player, of course, current Crusader down in Christchurch, Bryn Hall. To start with, let's lay some ground rules. You guys are playing <laughs> each other this weekend. You know, just everyone be nice. Just to start with. We're always nice. We're good friends <laughs> off the field, you know. So uh, the big fella's 100th this weekend, so... Hopefully the boys can uh, spoil his party, uh, but it's exciting. You know, tickets are selling pretty fast. I think there's nearly 20,000 20, tickets sold already, so it should be a full house for what will be an exciting brand of footy. Both sides, you know, in pretty good form. Uh, we've had two attempts to get this game going, uh, failed attempts. So hopefully third time lucky. Yeah, get COVID out of the way, Bryn. Yeah, I was just about to say, just stay seven days good in Auckland. Just do what you need to do to get on that field because. Um, We've been really looking. We've been really looking forward to it. Um, I think last year we were, we were pretty amped up around that um, around that fixture, especially where they've been sold out. And um, look, I think with how the both teams have started, yeah, it's a, it's a great time for us to diverse each other, and it's going to be a great asset test around um, how we're both going. So um, both teams are undefeated, and, and look, we're just looking forward to the challenge because it's going to be a great occasion come um, Sunday evening at Eden Park. Pretty easy for you get, for your family to come along and have a watch too. So that's pretty good. Yeah, there's going to be that many turnarounds. So I've had a lot of messages uh, already. So, um, no, nah, looking forward to it. Hopefully, um, yeah, team gets in tomorrow. So, hopefully, selected. And then, yeah, there'll be a few, few tickets uh, coming my way of selected, that's for sure. Well, let's start with the Blues. That was a very strong performance. Um, up front, out wide, they outclassed the Highlanders. They made a Highlanders team that had looked pretty good so far, looked pretty average. The Blues are, are a quality side this year. Yeah, well, I suppose similar to the way I sort of credited the Crusaders last week, uh, goes back to the simplicity of their game plan. I think the platform up front, uh, set piece was good. Uh, scrum line-out operated really well. The, the clarity of their breakdown, so, you know, the, the strong carries got across the game line. Their clean-outs were really uh, crisp, so that allowed um, quick ball, ball-up mentality, and then committed... Um, line sucked in defenders and then that option taking from the game drivers to find that space wide that's you know they made it look easy but uh, making sure those options were were the right options you know the first first one is um, you know the trial with Steven Perifetto creating an offload to Rico Ioane Rico Ioane then 
uh, finding Oteru back, and then you go to the second try, uh, the the big Harbour Bridge pass uh, to finding Rico, and then Rico just you know finding Caleb Clark, you know, and then you use um, you know Imani Nawara's try in the in the second half. I think the benefit of having um, Harry Plummer, you know, the forwards do the work up front with them all uh, sucking in the, the Highlanders defenders, but then guys that have been game um, threats really sucking them in out wide and, and Rico Ioane really running that hard line, Caleb Clark tucking in behind. You know, we saw against the Hurricanes, Oteru back getting that ball in behind and, and setting up the try in a similar move, but this time Harry Plummer runs to the line, finds that wide ball to Stephen Petafetta, who then obviously finds uh, Imani on the edge there, and that was an easy try. I know the Highlanders defend a slip, but all these little strings to their bow, but it's, it's the selfless nature of the, of the Blues team and the simplicity of their attack but the option-taking of the, the, the decision-makers. And, and I think Harry Plummer's really uh, come into his own the last few weeks in that 12 jersey and, and, and you know, taking the pressure off um, Oteri and, and Stevie at times and, and you know, adding a few strings to his bow in that 12 jersey. Put the shoe on the other foot, Bryn. Were you surprised that the Highlanders were that far off the pace? And why were they that far off the pace? Well, I think Jipper's points were pretty good around the Blues attack. And um, you know, one thing that I thought was pretty impressive as well is I just think that... Um, a little bit of a lot of aimless kicking, and what I mean in that sense is that you know, they're traditionally really good at their contestable games, and you know with Aaron Smith and then Joshua doing contestable kicks, and they just weren't getting pay out of that. So you know they were going for the contestable kicks, but they were landing around that 40 meter zone, not getting the ball back, and then the Blues um, were straight on straight on pressure with ball in hand, and so you know they I think look at that first half, Blues had 63 and the Highlanders had 32 due to those kicks. So I just think they didn't get a pay out of. Uh, coming back to Jip's point around the set piece, they were pretty dominant around their scrums. They won 100% of their scrums, dominant scrums as well, looking for penalties and then, and then that. And then so I think just those kind of things in the first half that kind of just went with that. And um, probably coming back to probably the execution of the kicking game and not getting what they wanted off out of that through Nuggies kicks. Like Not to say that they weren't uh, bad kicks, but um, they just weren't contesting getting the ball back. And so just added pressure. And then um, coming back to Jip's points around great decision-making on those tries. Um, I guess just really, you know, at half-time, 17, probably should have been up by more um, in hindsight. So, um, yeah, I just probably think that first half um, was a bit of that kicking battle, not winning that battle. And then, you know, the set-piece dominance was, was massive around the Blues and they did that for the full 80 and um, just felt like the Highlanders just couldn't really get into the game due to due to that set-piece and um, the Blues attack as well. Well, we spoke about it in depth, didn't we, last week about the 10-15 the combo and you know, Josh Huani and um, Mitch Hunt working so well and that was such a key, uh, I suppose, combo that got them back into the game against the Chiefs. I know Jonah Nanaki was you know, impressive, but they, they orchestrated something, that leadership style around there. And then when I saw the team name, I was surprised. Uh, seeing Mitch Hunt on the bench, I just thought, you know, he is a little bit of a general and, and his kicking game has been extremely accurate. Um, and, and I suppose he's, he's a real voice and, and, a, and a general out there for them. And, and maybe just in hindsight, someone they missed out there. And, and um, you know, Connor Garden Bishop, someone that's been really impressive. And, and I think you do need to find a place for him on the field. But I, I do think you needed Mitch Hunt out there, someone with that experience, that big game experience, and, and maybe that kicking game lacked his nous. And, and I do have to credit, though, the, the Blues' defence as well um, around, you know, the one opportunity that, that the Highlanders did have in the 22, um, Dalton Papali'i gets over the ball and from turnover, that, that instinct to turn, you know, 
um, defence into attack, you know, turnover ball. And yes, it's, we know it didn't turn into a try, but it could have been the try of the season. And, and we all know that it wasn't a forward pass, but that was that was impressive from me, seeing that defence into attack and that mindset was ruthless. You know, there was a bit of a shot across the bow, which, you know, the Blues took personally from their coaching group saying they're a South African-based side and they just want to plot around the field and um, they were pretty sure they were going to beat them in tempo. Well, well, quite frankly, it looked like, you know, that tempo was, was beaten on the, other, on the other side of it. So um, I, I think, you know, there are different strings, different styles. As I mentioned those tries before, there's, there's an offload style of game that they're showing, but there's also a, a nice structured game that the Blues are showing as well. I think that's what I like about the Blues, is those guys, especially in the loose forwards, Akira and Hoskins and Dalton, they can be the hard guy, they can be the flair guy, they can be the guy who busts through the line. They're, they're so multi-talented. But it goes back to, I'm talking about the decision-making of the game drive, but I also think it goes back to their decision-making when to bring that part of their game out, and I think they're nailing that. They've got a good balance around when they're bringing out those aspects of their game, and, and um, I think that's the most impressive, and I agree, Bryn, that they probably do think they probably should have been a bit more up, you know, a little bit of inaccuracy. You know, I caught up with Tom Coventry today and, you know, just dropping that um, at the back of the mall, you know, knocking the ball out, just those little inaccuracies. Um, you know, I spoke about the Hurricanes, um, you know, letting the Crusaders in. You know, those, those, you can't have those mistakes against the Crusaders if you want to beat them. You can't let, um, you know, them in. You can't let them have a sniff. So when you're in that 22, you've got to come away with points. If it's three or if you're going to kick to the corner as a pack, you've got to go there and you've got to get seven, whatever it counts. You can't knock it on and let them get away with um, clean air because as we saw, Although that was a mighty Chiefs defensive effort, which I thought was fantastic, they held them out, held them out, held them out, and you know, uh, repelled them all. In the end, that defensive toll took its toll, and, and that probably cost them the game in the end. And, and you know, that's something the Blues will be wary of and working extremely hard on this week is that accuracy in the 22 to make sure that they make every post a winner. And against the Crusaders, Bryn, that's obviously important. Now, we've heard that Tony Brown says that you guys have got the game to beat the Blues. So what is the game to beat the Blues, Bryn? I think I might just go back, go back first around just on what, what Tanu Umanga said as well, Jip, just around the Blues um, with how they were playing. And I think they really stuck a thing with me was around complementary rugby, team rugby. And so you've talked around, you know, the game drivers really having a good understanding and putting them in good parts of the field. You think about Oates, Oteria, his, his general play kicking through general play around, you know, long kicks, attacking kicks, or, you know, Harry Plummer as well as that second pivot. And then, you know, they're marrying that up really well with the forwards, with their, uh, with their drive, their set piece, um, Dominance at scrum time, lineouts. I know percentage-wise, it wasn't, um, you know, wasn't 100%, but it was good enough to, to win those moments. And so they're just complementing each other really, really well. And so you're seeing that you're seeing that on the field whether they can win it through their set-piece dominance, which they did on the weekend. Then they've also got the ability with their game management drivers, being able to drive the game really well. And then we haven't even talked around the X factor around Rika Yawani getting him into space and the likes of Mark Talia and um, Stevie P, who's, who's playing well at fullback. So. Um, no, I think but the, complimentary rugby is the way to put it. But he's bang on. But the reality is, is it's a different beast this week. And the the reason that these guys have probably come from behind after slow starts the last two weeks against the Hurricanes and the Chiefs is their set piece. You know, uh, the Chiefs ran at 42% at line out. They ran at 50% at scrum. And, the, and you know, that's what allows the Crusaders back in the game. And, and it wasn't a perfect night at line-out. And, you know, scrum time, the Blues were, were sharp. But, you know, you just can't 
you, you, it has to be a great night up front to allow the Blues to play the game that they're playing. So, and, and there's no bigger task than coming up against Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett line out defensively. And even Mitch Dunshay I thought was pretty effective as well um, off the bench. So you know, the Blues will be sharpening their axe at line-out time because this is, this is the true test um, you know, for them. And that's the exciting thing in front of their home fans. You know, that test match atmosphere for guys that you know, are looking to get back in the black jersey, but there's also guys in there that you know, are really excited by the challenge of potentially you know, getting into the squad for the first time. So no bigger occasion than, than to nail the set piece to allow the Blues game, that complementary rugby, to unfold. Because if, if we don't nail set piece, you, just, you can't get the game going to beat the Crusaders because it, you just can't withstand that amount of pressure and make 200 tackles and win the game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but what they did have is the ability to bust open. I, I want to talk about Rico Ioane at the moment. Like, his speed reminded me of when he first burst on the scene in the Lions, and he would take an outside break, and he was gone. No one came near him, and maybe for a couple of years he'd seemed a little sluggish in comparison. Rico has just gone to another level. Give us the inside word. What's, what's the story here? I, I, I don't know, but he certainly looks um, a lot leaner. Um, the biggest thing I gave you, uh, what was it, when they played the Canes round one, just the ability that he could shut down that, that time and space defensively, I saw it, and now we've seen it on attack. Um, I just think he's hungry to make, a, to make a statement, and he really wants to make that all-black 13 jersey his own. Mm. Um, and he also really wants to see the Blues have success, and he knows he's a key cog in that. And he knows when he's playing really well and being the difference that the, the city's going to have a, have a lot more success and, and get him behind the, the club um, you know, more so, and, and, and he's taking that on his shoulders and he loves that. He loves that, you know, feeling that, of that excitement and, and putting a team on his back and, and he's, sort of, he's certainly delivering at the moment and uh, it certainly excites me as a fan and, and he's certainly got some wheels like, and he is just not afraid to go on the outside, is he? It's, it's that raw, raw pace and it's just uncoachable. It's just... Um, it's just natural talent and, and you know, when he gets in those open spaces it's going to be exciting to see if you can do it more often than not um, against, in the, against the best team in the comp that is the Crusaders. Yeah. If you were picking the All Blacks right now, Bryn, would, would you be able to go past Rico considering how he's looked through the first three rounds? Well, look, he's been, he's been great. I think it's, it's been a flow on uh, from last year, um, being in that sport. And, yeah, look, I think he's, we'll always know how, how quick and how how much X-Factor is now and how elusive he is with, with ball in hand. But, you know, Jeffrey, you brought up a few times, a lot of times actually, around his defensive his de- defensive efforts and he'd been able to put teams under pressure with his lines but just because he, he's so quick. So, um, yeah, that's been a massive imp- improvement in, in his game. And, and, look, you know, when you give that kind of player time and space um, on, the, on the attack-wise, it's really hard to defend. So, um, no, look, I think it's going to be great, a great, great challenge. Again, like, you know, Jack Goodhue's playing as well. So, yeah, for me though, the things that I love most, like the speed and the big tries, are awesome. But it's it's his selfless plays that he brings in. The little tip pass to Caleb Park score when, you know, he could probably fall over the line himself. Um, the the committed lines he's running to create space for others to score tries. Those are the parts of his game that he just wants to see the Blues do well, and he's doing whatever he can do to create opportunities for the Blues to succeed. And that's what you know excites me the most. And you know when he goes this next level up, you know when he's bringing that attitude to the All Blacks, you know it, that's that's the exciting thing is everything about his performance and his preparation is about the team doing well, which is exciting. Um, he was on the receiving end of a pass. You mentioned it before, that appeared to go backwards. It went upstairs. 
and it was ruled to have gone forwards. There was another call over the weekend with Brad Weber where they went upstairs and he appeared not to have touched the ball and it was called that he touched the ball. What do we do? How can we fix this? I mean, that's, it's a problem that's so obvious. Well, I, I think, first off, we'll start with Rico's one. Um, if you go on to YouTube and look up Total Rugby Forward Pass, they did a, a physician did a study or whatever, and it, it's called Relative Velocity, and basically it, it's always going to travel forward. The ball will always travel forward. It's that, due to the term relative velocity. Even if I'm running forward and I throw it over my head backwards, it will still travel forward as such, just due to the nature of physics. So... They they've did a whole thing. They put lines on a grid, and it's that's where the term it's out of the hands backwards. So it's it's mm. judged on the player and the vision out of the hands, not the the picture of the ball travelling to the player. And if you look at the way Aki is travelling at speed and out of the hands, the ball goes out of the hands backwards and is received by Rico in a position that still locks to the naked eye like the ball goes backwards. So under the current rules, that was adjusted. I think it's. I think on YouTube this was nine years ago before the 20, well, whatever, 11 World Cup or whenever they did it. It's an IRB um, YouTube video. It clearly states that this is not a forward pass. So it, they've just clearly got it wrong. And then on the Brad Weber, that, that just to me, he's never, he's banged his arm and it's gone, it's gone forward. So then the captain's challenge should have been successful one and then it would have never have got to the yellow card penalty try at a crucial time where the momentum shifted from there did it not you know like it, it, it went to 18 10 and and you know from there the, the the pressure mounted and it went from set piece to set piece penalty and they eventually got another try through will jordan and and you know with the baggage of 10 losses it snowballs and, and the game sort of gets out of control after they've probably made 170 tackles at that stage Mm. It, but Brent, it must surely affect the confidence of the players, and especially with the captain's challenge situation. If you know that you're going to go upstairs, and geez, anything could happen. It's a lottery. I mean, we've been very good to the refs so far in the series well, yeah. because they have been very good so far. But these two things were mind-blowingly obvious. Yeah, I think you know. I think a kid is one we were watching actually at home um, the other day, and yeah, the difference between if you look at Sibu's one and um, Kida's one. Is that series one actually his hands was travelling forward? So when we actually were watching that on TV, or when we were watching that, we're like, yeah, that's probably going to that's probably forward because you could just tell that series hands had gone kind of forward, so it drifted forward, made it look worse. But I looked at Akira's one, his hand actually went backwards, and it yeah. felt like, like you said, you just alluded to, jump around. You know, it's always going to go forward. Doesn't matter how fast you're running, he's probably running about 32 kilometres an hour at speed. It's always going to go forward because you know you're going at that speed. Because another example I want to give to you that come up, but if we're going to go back on like what we saw on the weekend. If you look at David Havili's try when he busts through and he goes forward and he's running very similar to Akira and he chucks it forward and he, and he passes it and it's for a try. You don't think about it being as a forward pass, but if you actually have a look where it's delivered and where it ends up, yeah. it should be forward. Yeah. Predominantly exactly what was but it's was, backwards was out of the hand, so it's fine. It was very similar to Akira's one, so... You just but want consistency. I don't think play. anyone had a problem with Akira's except for the TMO. Mm. Like, everyone was like... Pretty much, I'd say everyone in the... But this is the problem, like, we shouldn't even be discussing this in a negative sense. That just should be the try of the season and we should just be talking about it. You know, like, I think... You're taking it off Bruno already. Yeah, no, but, like, <laughs> ben, ben came on and from a ref's point of view, they said they're going to ref with more common sense. And we sat on here last week and we said, 
we commended them. We said, this is definitely happening. They're definitely, you know, Bryn said he's out there and they're certainly reffing with more common sense and it's great. Well, I think they got it wrong this weekend, personally, because the Brad Weber situation, I can, li- I can live with the Leicester Whainuku one because that is 50, that, that's great. I can live with that sort of mistake. Just like players, you make mistakes like that. But the, the Brad Weber and the Akira Ioane forward pass, that, that is clear and obvious to me. And that's like a, that's like a not straight a throw. That's not an area you can live with, if, if you get my drift, in, yeah. in terms of a player ref mistake. Um, reference. So those are mistakes to me that you can't live with and they have to be called up because if, if you don't then you know it, it allows them for confusion to this week and I, and I do, I think they'll come out and they'll acknowledge the mistake because they have been really good at that, the refs this year and, they, and they've put their hand up, I think it was Moody's case um, he should have been yellow card and, and they said they got this wrong and that wrong so I, I do think they'll come out and say hey we've got this one wrong and we've got that one wrong which is fine because these these didn't cost games yeah. and they didn't cost points, but let's not get to the point where it does because there's so much that goes into it for these players and teams and so much relies on it that if a call like that does cost it and it's a captain's referral by Sam Kane and he's right and it still gets denied, mm. I mean, that, that would be cruel. 100%. So... Um, it's it's just I find it hard to get my head around. Uh, Brad Weber certainly did. He was salty, Brad. Did he say anything to you after the game? No, I didn't get a chance to get a chance to hear from Brad. But yeah, I think again, I think you're right, Jip. Around you know, we're, we're players. We make mistakes in games. You know, we give away penalties. We give away stupid penalties, and you know, we, we the, the consequences of that. And you know, it's fair credit. You know, like you said around Joe Moody as an example, making a mistake. Um, and they come out in front of it. So you know, like you said, I think. They come out and say they've got it wrong. Then, as players, you know, we can we can live, we can live with that because you know there's a form of accountability that's been said. So, um, yeah, I think you'd, as a as a player and as a consumer, someone that's watching, you just don't want it to dictate or have like a massive influence on a game tying or game winning moment uh, moving forward. Because you know you don't you don't want it to be like, you want it to be one on its merits. So hopefully moving forward, it, you know, it doesn't come to that. It would be horrible if the Blues Crusaders game, probably the most looked forward to game, came down to it. No, let's just not even jinx it. <laughs> I, co- I couldn't cope. <laughs> and it would go against the Blues. Oh. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if that Brad Weber one hit his hand, I mean, yeah, yeah. Struth. Actually, one of Give the things, me strength. I, I noticed when he got yellow carded for that tackle, and I, I mean, I don't know the 100% on this law, but he appeared to have one of his feet behind the goal line kind of at the same time that he hit the player that he was tackling on the line. Do you have to have both of your feet behind the goal line? Yeah. You do, both yeah, of them. He never got back on yeah. side. Oh, look, I'd love to yeah. jump to his defence here, but no, he, yeah. was, he was shockingly offside <laughs> in that instance. getting a metre back, yeah, I think you better have two feet back. But it just... It, 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 the referral should have just never have got to that point because yeah. it was a forward pass. Yes. Yeah. It was a forward pass. Now, another person who really made a big impact on that game was Richie Moonga, as usual. Um, he appears to have gone to another level again, Brent. It's, it's, it's a classic um, growth from... We've seen Cody Taylor's try against the Highlanders, so they've been doing that nice little tip short ball and we know Richie, sit, when he sits in behind forwards, he's the best exponent of sitting out the back and when the forward pulls that pass back, he, he can split that those two defenders in there because if you, if you bite in on that short tip ball where Cody runs 
and he scores that try against the Highlanders. Uh, there's a nice little gap there for Richie to run into if that defender shoots off out in here. And he did it twice, straight after um, half-time, which actually led to that instance of Brad Weber having to make that tackle. But he's the, he, he is the best exponent of that because if that hole shuts for him, he's also great at giving that short ball there or pulling out the back to create space on the outside. And, and that goes back to the decision-making I was saying about Oteri and, and Plums for the Blues before. Richie's a master of sitting in behind those forwards and making the right option and, and picking the right guy to create the space or find the space and find the opportunity for himself or for others or for telling the forwards to play and you know, use that tip or carry themselves if nothing's on out here. And, and it, it was just a further example and exponent, but they'd show him, you know, Cody scoring that try in the first two rounds and that he hadn't actually been running a hell of a lot himself and it was just like he'd pulled trigger you know, in the, in the, in the second half there and, and got his running game and, and just got him behind them and it just started creating opportunities and it just shows that he's just always thinking a little bit further ahead. So now going into the Blues game, you know, the Blues will be thinking, well, we've got to watch him run. But then you've got to, you, you can't forget about the Cody Taylors running that short ball. So you've just got to make sure you cover all your bases in there. But then you've also got to be able to cover in here and the kick space. So there's a lot going on, a lot to think about. And it's perfectly timed going into the big test match. And it's, it's just, you know, orchestrated perfectly by, yes, New Zealand's best 10 at the moment you know, to be able to set up a game plan and, and go into, you know, Eden Park on Sunday afternoon, sun's on his back and, you know, pulling the strings in, in, a, in a Crusaders jersey, which is exciting for the fans because both teams, mm. I believe both 10s, I reckon they're the two form 10s in the competition that are, that are, you know, putting their teams in great position but also making great decisions both sides of the field. Yeah, I think just on that, I think it's um, yeah, those are all valid points. I thought Richie was was outstanding on the weekend, but I think what kind of helped with that was just the, how Ford's laid the platform for that. And um, you, know, you probably saw that at the back end of that start of the second half, or at the back end of the first half, just around you know the Chiefs had to make over two hundred tackles. They attempted two hundred tackles. Sorry, so you know, look, I think for that first forty minutes it was a bit of a stalemate, and then you know, through all those tackles, and you know, you talked about how courageous they were. You know, we had I think we had twenty three minutes of position. And with um, in hand, and then the Chiefs had eleven. You know, so you know, going at that back end of the back end of the, the second half, you know, it's pretty tough when you made all those tackles. You know, so um, but it just came back to our, our platform as well. I thought our boys did really run out, ran our breakdown. I know we talked around at halftime. Uh, we probably didn't get the the tempo and the kind of clean out right, and we probably let them off with a bit of pressure due to that. So we had a bit of a focus that come the second half, and then um, if you look at that second half, we. Got into their 22 three times and scored three times during that time. So, and they were actually um, a high, high phase count. I think yeah. for Fitzy's try. They made you it was work 15, for it. Yeah, they did, but yeah, it was yeah. 15, 16 phase. We actually did finally break them, but you know, for that kind of uh, pressure to be built, you know, you've got to be able to. We've talked about it. Everybody's got to, got a role in that in that in that play. So, I um, mean, you know, Richie doesn't get those opportunities to be able to go out the back as, as a pivot. And get to go through that line if the boys aren't animated around him and running lines. You know, you've seen Cody Taylor run that line, or it might be another person has to run that line. But you know, if they're not all animated and in sync, then Richie doesn't get to go through. So, um, yeah, it's good, good for Richie. Obviously, you know, we love it when Richie's playing well, and you know, hopefully, the learnings that we had in that second half around uh, quick ball can be at the forefront coming this week against the Blues, who traditionally, like you said at the start, um, their defense is, is really, really great. Make really good decisions around you know, that tackler one plus as well, and 
um, they really do um, dominate the collision as well. So it's going to be an absolute bounce. Well, hopefully the weather's good as well. Come oh, um, we'll Sunday be, evening, mate. Don't worry, I'll tell the the North Shore Sun <laughs> to head over. It's always sunny on the North Shore. But I'll pick up on your point, um, what you said, because the 20-minute mark, uh, the stats came up and the Chiefs were 62% possession, 65% territory, and they were they did win that first 20 minutes. They were quite dominant, and, and I think they were winning the breakdown. They were physical and similar to the week prior. You know, there was a lot to like about that first 20 minutes, and probably they probably would have wanted a little bit more points reward than, than you know, they had. And then at the 71-minute mark, the stats came up, and it was the Crusaders with 71% possession, 71% territory. So to flip those mm. on their head after, you know, what is it, 20 minutes and then at 71, you know, that's how much ball and how much defending the Chiefs had to do. So I just wanted to point out, like, the, the Chiefs, there's a lot to like about the Chiefs. I know they lost another game, but... They were right in there, and there's a few calls that went against them. And, and you know, the, the few of their stats as well, like their lightning quick ball, when they had ball in hand, they ran at 70% lightning quick ball, so they're very vicious in their clean-out, and, and that ball-up mentality, and they've got the ability to play. They had 70% gain line, so when they're carrying, they're actually carrying through a very good Crusader defence. So when they had the ball, they were they were great with it. So it's just being able to hold on to it, and and that comes back to what I was talking about before: is their set piece. If they can just focus on, if the Chiefs can really nail down their set piece, sort their line out out, and sort their scrum out, and not give um, the opportunities they gave to the Crusaders, because I'll, I'll go to the um, crucial part. We spoke about that 45-minute scrum. The Hurricanes um, gave a free kick to you guys last week, and they ended up in an overthrow try to Cody Taylor. 52 minutes, same thing. It was a Chiefs scrum, and um, I don't know, they stood up or something, and it, and it flipped a free kick to the, to the Crusaders. Mm. So then it became a Crusaders scrum. Crusaders got a penalty. They kicked to the corner. Maul. And they did make you work for it, but eventually Will Jordan scored that try with the inside ball from Richie Mwanga. If, if they had just kept their discipline at their set piece and it was their ball and didn't give the opportunity to the Crusaders, it could have been them down in their end and potentially scoring points for them. You do you know what I mean? Like, and that's the crucial thing is they're just ruthless. If you give them a sniff and you know, allow them to go to their set piece to get a penalty, to work it down there, and then guys like Moanga and Jordan and co you know, can just work their magic once they're in their 22 and they're patient enough to work 15, 16 phases or do it in three. So it's just that ruthless nature. But I, do, I did just want to acknowledge... There's parts of the Chiefs game that are, you know, really impressive and a lot to like that they can work on if they can just get that platform starting to hum. I don't know what you felt, Bryn, because I felt like the score sort of blew out and was a little bit unjustified for the amount of tackles and defensive work because they really did make you earn those points. Yeah, it did, mate. We had to really, really work hard. And um, I guess our skill set at those kind of stages where we needed to, we were able to, to score points. But yeah, like you said, it wasn't the three, four, five. We worked hard around trying to break them down, break them down. And then, um, you know, Will Jordan's try was obviously during the high phase count and then Fitzu as well was 15, 16 phases. So, you know, defensively they were there. It was just like if around, uh, around set piece. And look, we, you know, we like to think that, you know, we can sometimes get our, get an upper hand around our scrum and get away, get some penalties and then, you know, with our line out as well. So, yeah, I think we were tested as well around our attack into that first 20 minutes, um, yeah, they were, on, they were on top of us. You know, a funny, a funny thing about that, actually, we, you know, Jip, you have the captain 
um, you get to choose which side you go. And we actually thought we were going with the win the first half, but we got on the field and we we're actually going into the win. So that was actually a first for a lot of our a lot of our players, and probably actually might have come into the reason why we started so poorly in that probably first 10, 15 minutes. But um, yeah, mate, there's a lot there's a lot to like about Anna. You know, I don't want to say just because we've we've just played them, but look, they if they can get a right set piece and they can get um, a bit more percentage around winning their scrums and lineouts, attacking will take care of itself. And actually, they defended for long periods of time defensively where we actually really had to work hard to score our points. So um, they can take a lot of learnings. They can take a lot of learnings from our game. And um, we've got a big game against the Hurricanes, which would be probably one yeah. that we wanted to get away. I reckon that'll be a good game. Mm, mm. Yeah. Two teams in similar kind of spots in a way. Yeah, well, you'd have to think the home team might have the, the advantage, but I, I just hope that the Chiefs do take the positives out of it because it was a massive effort. Like, it's hard to go down to Crusader Town and get a victory, and there, there were parts of the... Like, they're more defence. Like, they, there was, they weren't getting through there. Like, Jacobson got a turnover, and one of them stole the ball off them, you know, like, and they just repelled it, repelled it, to the point that the... Crusaders got that line dropout, and but the next option, Scott Barrett said, "I'm not going to the corner again for a, to end up 50 metres back. I'll take the scrum." And then Brad Weber gave away that penalty, and they took the three. So that's a small win, you know, through that mall defence. So there's a, there was I, I just thought there was a lot to like as well, although the the score blew out. Uh, there was parts of their game that they should be happy with. Well, that take us to the tipping comp, Sky Sport tipping comp. Get into it and uh, see if you can beat our boys. Let's go straight Boy. into the pick. You going all right? He's, he's winning. You going all right, aren't you? He's, he's taken my well, top spot. Am uh, I? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been cleared up. You're, you're on 13, I'm on 12. Devastated. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to get that point for five tries. Just come yeah. on. Yeah. He was salty about the penalty try over the weekend. Yeah, well, this shouldn't have been a penalty try, but anyway. <laughs> we won't go there, we won't go there. That's, that's a winner's attitude, eh? Yeah, well, it's, it'll, it's interesting this week because we know that I'll go Blues and he'll go Crusaders, so... Yeah. Hand on heart, I mean, let's let's be credible here. Do you think the Blues can beat the Crusaders? Yes. Do you think they will beat yes. the Crusaders? You do. I've put my picks in already. Yeah. It's done. Right. And this this done. is your head, not your heart talking. Both. Both. <laughs> head and heart. OK, why? I just think if they can play the way they've played with the attitude and the hometown advantage, with the confidence they've set, and, and I know having the chat that I've had with them this morning that they're certainly not ahead of themselves. Uh, I think they're setting themselves up for a good week. Um, and they certainly know it's going to be challenging, but w- why not? Is, is the reason, you know, at, at, at what point do you get over it and, and stop thinking that it's, you know, impossible? You've, they've given themselves the best opportunity to do it. They've just got to go out there and focus on themselves. And, and I go back to the points that I've said about the Crusaders in the past weeks is control the controllables, which is us as in the Blues, and not giving them the easy wins and the outs. So the discipline and the willingness to stick to the, the game plan and controlling their, themselves will give themselves the best opportunity um, to win the game. And I think the set-piece battle. If they can get the line-out and the scrum to the level that it has been against the other sides, then, then they're right in the hunt. But if, if the Crusaders have the same stats around what they've had against the other teams, around those sort of 40s and, and 50s at set-piece, then it'll be a tough day at the office. Now, the last time the Blues beat the Crusaders at Eden Park, you were playing for the Blues. Um, what do you think 
is going to happen this weekend? I mean, obviously, you know who's going to win. Why are you guys going to win? That's the question. Why are you, why are you guys going to win this? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, hey, I don't know. I think it's going, to be a t- it's going to be a tough game, I think. I think I just look at the, um, just the growth of how the Blues have been playing, not only from last year, but been a flow and effect to this year, they've... Uh, they've got some great acquisition, acquisition, sorry, with like, you know, Nicola Lala bringing them with their props and, you know, their set piece has been very, very dominant in probably the last two weeks and I mean, we've got parity around. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, they're just doing very impressive Austin. I think that um, it's a great, I think it's just going to be a, a great test for us, I think. This um, is PR agency can... again. God, they <laughs> Come good. on, mate. So, no, we're looking Why are you going to win? Why are no, you going to win? I can't say why, mate. <laughs> we didn't ask you how. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> we're why. We're looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be ahead of us on Sunday evening. Four-time reigning champs. Come on, tell us what you really think. <laughs> give me, some, that, give me something that I can record and send to them to say this is what they think. Mate, it's going to be a test match. It's going to be an absolute test match. All right, we're not getting anything Excellent. out of it. Excellent. Well, that, that was a fail. Okay, what about the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs, Chipper? Uh, I've gone Canes by eight. Canes by eight. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be tight, but I just think um, off the bye and I, uh, just the, the amount that went into that Crusaders game and the effort... Uh, to back that up will be tough in another away game, and and just the Crusaders coming, uh, the Hurricanes coming a bit fresh, mm. and just the firepower. I just feel like they've maybe just got a little bit more firepower in, in, in that sort of Lucy um, back three area. Yeah, yeah, Bryn. Where's that game being played? Wellington. I think I'm probably going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go Hurricanes actually. I'll probably go six by six actually. It's going to be a close game, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Look, I think. The Chiefs making a lot of tackles, and you know they put a hell of an effort against us. But you know, I think there's, there's enough there. I think there's enough there to to be able to warrant, warrant an upset for sure. But you know, I just think with the Hurricanes, a rested week, hungry, um, and being back at home, I think the only reason I'm pretty picking them will be that home advantage. And it'll be close though. Very, very close. I reckon it could be a good week um, for the Chiefs to give like Nate Harris a run, eh? 
You know, like, because <laughs> yeah. he, he, he played in that trial. You know, he's, he's, he's a, what, 20-odd test. You know, a bit of experience. Um, and, you know, he, he might be able to shore up a, the set piece, you know. Like, he's, I know he's coming back from a long injury, maybe off the bench or something, just something like that to, to change it up and then, you know, take a little bit of a um, senior role um, in there this week. Because it could be a crucial week that the Chiefs could, you know, go down there and, you know, play a little bit of an ambush style. I was just thinking then, I was just, because I was thinking maybe to freshen them up, because they did say that they are going to change the squad a little bit to create um, excitement and opportunity. Uh, I heard Neil Barnes say that last week when they named the team for the Crusaders. So, you reckon they'll do that after two losses? No, no, I, I, I just said that he said that it was, they were going to you know, move guys around and give opportunities in the squad. And I was just, I was just thinking then, I was pondering in my head who, who that was there, and then I was just like, well, Nate Harris did play in that um, trial, and I was just thinking, well, he's a 20-test all-black. Why would you not get him in there now um, to spice things up and, and, you know, really take a leadership role and, and you know, go down there ambush style and, and, you know, lead the charge sort of thing? I don't know. I, I'm thinking on the run here. <laughs> I don't know why I've, I started blurting that out, but I did. Uh, well, you know, it is a big game for them. There is this record that they don't want on the line as well and, and that's a good place to bring in a guy like that you know because you don't want that record admittedly losing 12 in a row which is more than any other New Zealand team has done in Super Rugby is probably unfair in that they've done it in Super Rugby Aotearoa they haven't had easy beat games against teams from other countries so it's really unfair to put that on them but as a team you don't want to come off the field and see that record shine up in front of your face and being talked about yeah I mean they certainly um will be, I would say, using it as motivation to make sure they sharpen the tools this week. I, I don't know if they'll be discussing the losses as such, but I, I, I have no doubt um, as players it's not a record you'd want. So you'd be, you'd be dotting your I's and crossing your T's um, throughout the week to make sure that it's not the case. Um, I have no doubt about that. Mm. Well, how do you balance that, Bryn, that element of fear versus the need for positivity when you approach a game like that? Well, it's tough because I think, you know, Jippa said it before in the previous podcast where we've talked about this issue is around sometimes you just try too hard. You try, you know, you're on the train for too much, you're doing too much and sometimes, you know, being on the field or just doing too much is, um, is probably not the best thing. I look, back an example around, I think Jippa was your 50th actually when we won down in um, Tasman. We went, I think we went 11 game, 10, what was it, 10, 11 yeah. games on the trot losing? Nine. Yeah, and nine, nine, nine on the trot. Mm. Yeah, you know, obviously our inspirational skip was playing his 50th. Oh, it's, yeah. um, <laughs> it's, um, I just look back to that example when we were in that kind of, it was a very similar situation. We kind of just, uh, we just went out there and played. I don't know, what, what does that look like? And I guess we just kind of played with no fear and around, yep, we had a game plan in place, but we just went out there to try and be real decisive and I think that's the main thing around that, just being real decisive and look, you're going to make mistakes but the more decisive you are around certain things it gives you an opportunity um, to win, so... There's um, no expectation yeah, look, no you know, like there is that yeah. no expectation, so or because there's people sort of expect you to lose, it, it, it does give you that no fear you almost do play with no fear and I remember the night as mm-hmm. well, we had Francis Soli and Peter Aki were throwing skip passes and flick passes and, and they were just sticking for, for some reason, yeah, and just, and just, just on that trip, yeah. And sometimes you need you need a bit of luck. You yeah. need a bit of luck to get yeah. out to get out. Yeah. And you know that you know, I think about you know the passes were going and 
and you know, you're a flow on, you just think everything's going your way. So look, it's, it's going to come. There, that win's going to come. And you know, you know, for Chiefs fans and for the Chiefs, you know, you hope to think it's on the weekend. But yeah, it's had no expectations of just being able to play. And then um, you know, you need a bit of luck as well, which um, is pretty tough in this, especially in this competition. But Ross will bring up a pretty good point. Sometimes you can play. You know, no disrespect, you know, but the Sunwolves or a lower list team, you can get that confidence back with that win and have that, and have that feeling and understanding what it feels like to win. But, you know, it's just brutal to super the outside all comp and, you know, just with the points that we've talked about and a bit of luck, you know, they could change and they could um, get that W possibly on the weekend. Now, England came back from what has been a pretty average season against France and the Six Nations this weekend. They obviously managed to figure that balance out. Epic test match. What did you like about this? Well... <laughs> I like both sides, to be honest. You've, you've got to be impressed with the French side and where they're at. They're, the way they like to play, their attacking style. Um, the, as you talk about, you know, no fear. That You know, they just throw everything at it and, and potentially what probably costs them, uh, you know. But, you know, give them a couple more years. They, they are going to be a genuine threat at this World Cup. You know, they're a young side. There's a lot to like about them. And, and they were still within... Uh, reach towards the end at 23-20. They, they had it, the ball on the 22 and DuPont, you know, um, unfortunately knocked it on. But he was exceptional on the day. But, um, you know, England fought their way back into it. Uh, they didn't have the best start. But, they, you know, they went back to the, what they know, uh, you know, their, their malls and, and, you know, um, Billy Villapola, I think he had 18 carries. You know, so they went to what they know and, and, and they got the match winner through a man who's been under a lot of pressure and in, in, in Otoji and... He probably silenced a few critics with a with a pretty big performance as well. So, a, a lot of kicking, but I think international rugby. It's hard when you go from watching uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, where uh, you know one team kicks 14 times and the other kicks 12 times, to watching international footy, where you do have to have a bit more strategy, and they both sides kick 29 times. You know, it is it is a different style, but um, you know, I, I just think they probably won the arm wrestle and the t- chess match and the and the possession and territory stakes wore down and, and, you know, France just ended up having to make a lot more tackles um, in their half and, and probably chance their arms one too many times and, and gave England the opportunity to chip away with penalties and, and, and put themselves in a position to get that match winner late. You know, 76 minutes. It was late. Mm. It was late, but it, nonetheless, they were in a position to do so and did, did it. Does that make it? I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, but France are going to be scary, man, come yeah. 2023. Um, look, but there are there are young young side that's coming on the up, and look, I just think the way you know you look at that second try, what was it there? Yeah, the second try dropped that special yeah. around over the top, and the return ball, and having block runners animated and going down lines, you know, like you know, that's 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 special, and it's just you know something that we haven't seen from the French probably in a while. And then you know look at that first try around the short side and using square square hands and you know the chip and chase and the Dupont using that great um, ability to get one hand and then get it back inside for that for that try. So. I felt like really sorry for him to, to knock on that ball. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just been so good in the Six Nations. And for a decision like that, it was, you know, I've done it so many times in my career. You know, sometimes it's a foot or it's a hand that just loses the ball. And unfortunately, that was the losing of the game there. But look, man, I just think that, you know, France, they're, they're brewing something special in that, in that environment. And come to point, they're going to be a team to watch, especially at home as well. I think that's the funny thing is, like, they lost, but it's the brand of footy they're playing. Yeah. That our natural reactions to talk about them, and, and that's nothing against England because they they won the Test match, but they were a joy to watch. It was it was something about that French flair, 
and almost like you didn't know what was going to happen next or what could happen. Um, and you know, when they scored tries, it was it was pretty to watch. Yeah, they've got depth. Yeah, and that's it, Chip. Like, you know, it's, it's that French flair that, you know, you used to see. You know, you look back in that 2000, what was it, 99 World Cup? Oh, yeah. Like couple, it's not me. You know, that, that. flair. When you played the French, you'd always see the flair. And, um, yeah, look, I know it's it's just great to see. And like I said, 2023, they're doing something pretty special. They're, they're going to be hard to beat if they keep continuing playing this attacking brand of rugby. And then, again, you know, they have that Northern Hemisphere style with their kicking. Like you said, Chip, there's been 30 or kicks in that game. But, yeah, it's refreshing to see for um, probably France that we just haven't seen it in a long time for them the way they've been attacking and bringing that attacking flair back. Who do you pick at 10 there? Excuse my French. Um, Intermac, Jalibert, Bello, and Carbonell. Where do you go in the long term? Is it Intermac? Definitely yeah. Intermac? Oh, for me, I think he's got a good balance. I think he's got a good balance around his tactical kicking when to, when to, when to attack and when to play um, you know, that territory-based game. For, from from what I've seen, I, I've only watched a few number of their games, and I, I've just been really impressed impressed around his balance and game management, and and just knowing when to have the flair and knowing when to just rein it back in to make sure that they do finish games off and, and win games rather than you know pushing it too far. Mm. Personally, Brent. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same. I think his you know the more that he can have his combination with the pawn as well, and they can keep. Um, keep growing that and um, yeah look I think those are probably the two that I'd go with um, just to around his game management and then again having that flair having that balance you know he'll only get better with um, with playing more test matches and you know you talk around combinations moving forward um, I think deployment and him definitely for sure yeah the youngsters are impressive Let, let's talk about the youngsters down south uh, who's impressed you so far this season as far as the youngsters in Super Rugby Aotearoa um, I went with one from each team, so I was trying to think of, I could go for a multiple with the Blues, but, but um, the one I went with for, from the Blues was um, Harry Plummer, I think he's really found his place at 12, mm. and I've really liked what I've seen from him defensively, he's really courageous, he does, does the donkey work there, um, you know, and attacking wise I think he came into his own on the weekend and, and really, you know, added to I suppose the the attacking flair of the Blues and, and really came into his own while there were all these other threats going around and we spoke about Richie, you know, you know, opening up opportunities by what they'd shown in weeks one, two and three. Felt like Harry did that really well from what the Blues had shown in weeks one, um, you know, from the bye and then, you know, really coming to the line hard and not just crashing but using the ball so the width, I've, I've been really impressed with him at 12 and, and I think it's exciting because he looks at home there, he looks really comfortable and I know he's been around a bit but it just, I just think he's a young man just still finding his trade um, at Super Rugby level and he's, and he's made it his own. Um, I thought Sam Darry went really well at lock as well on the weekend for the Blues. He was, you know, just in those effort areas you can see that he's got a big future as well. Dallas McLeod, um, I think down in the Crusaders has made a big, big stamp, stamped his mark in the 12 jersey. Um, and I know he's on the bench on the weekend, and I know Davy Havili doesn't like the 12 jersey, but man, he looks good in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I'm sure he'll probably be that, and he won't see as many minutes while, while they're fit, but he's been good. Devin Flanders, I'm a big fan of at the Canes. Uh, again, I know he's been around a while, but the more minutes he gets, he, he's pretty exciting for where his career can go. He's been great for Hawks Bay, but has just, he's just great with ball in hand, physical. Um, and you know, abrasive in that breakdown area, and, and he can hit uh, defensively. He's a big, solid body. I think 
Highlanders, everyone's going to say this, but Connor Garden Basher, you know, I didn't really take much note of him at Mitre 10 Cup when he was with Wellington. Didn't really um, see this coming, if I'm honest, but he really played himself into it pre-season with the Highlanders, uh, just from form, really, and, and um, they've just given him a crack and he, he continues to impress. Um, and then for me at the Chiefs, again, another guy that's been around a while but is backing up his county's form is Itani Nanai Saturu. Um, you know, another young man, but he's starting to really deliver at super rugby level now and, and looking really, really comfortable and strong. What are you smiling at, mate? Oh, mate, I've like written down five and you've just taken all of them. Oh. Just in great points as well. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. He's been um, fantastic for the Chiefs. Flanders, yeah, he's impressive. Um, he's going to be great moving forward, but... Probably, well, you, you picked all my picks, Chip. The only guy that I'm really got on here, and it's from, from I feel like pretty, pretty bad saying this, it's from my team, but I think Leicester's been fantastic and he's going to be, it's going to be tough for, you know, you would think about we've got George Bridge waiting in the wings, who's going to be coming back from a pick injury very soon. So, yeah, I think he's been fantastic around what people would see as squirrel, his scoring and his ball in hand, but, you know, his growth around his, his decision making defensively. Um, on the weekend, actually, probably missed one on the weekend, but I think just getting better defensively around his reads and, and working in the pendulum, and then his skill set around his kicking game as well. Um, then I've been seeing a training around kicking off that second pivot. He's got a left foot that he's been working really hard, hard on, and um, his communication skills have really improved in the last 12 months. So, um, you just have to go to Leicester, and we've talked about Ethan Blackadder as well, um, who's been he's had a run of form of injuries, but. Um, he's been pretty solid as well. But, Jim, mate, you've taken all my, taken well, all my dudes there. Lest well. is the only guy I've ever seen stop a Safa Amur on the wing. <laughs> and that was pretty impressive, <laughs> I can tell you that. And uh, since he had quite a few Crusaders, can I add Imani Nawara there for the Blues as well? He's been pretty good too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ones. I had all the other ones, but you pretty much took all of them. You took them all. Yeah, yeah me, I know. So. You just chucked a few Crusaders in there, so I want another Blues player. Yeah, should we add him another chance to chuck a Crusader? No, he's he enough. About five of them. He's only played yeah, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just two. Just two for me. <laughs> but I'll give you another chance to plug a Crusaders player. We discovered on the weekend, the general public did anyway, about David Harvili and, you know, he had a surgery on a bowel issue last year and that took him out of rugby. Um, and it's a lot more serious than probably people actually thought. And he had to go through quite a lot to be back where he is now. Can you talk to us about the kind of bloke he is and and, and how he got through it? Oh, mate, um, Davey's massive for us um, as in our squad and as a bloke as well. He's, he's a top man. And, yeah, well, I, I remember that, actually. I think we're, we're actually down in Queenstown. Uh, we're down in Queenstown on, on our bike trip. And, um, yeah, just, I think, you know, got a, it's a toothpick that, that it got stuck in there and then, you know, it was in hospital and, you know, we didn't know going forward, obviously, how bad it was. But, you know, he was in hospital and he had a pretty pretty tough surgery around, you know, getting cut open. And, um, yeah, it was really tough for him because I think at that stage he was, you know, to be honest, I probably would have been in the All Blacks considering his form of how, how well he was playing. And then, you know, came back really, really strong and then, you know, broke his hand as well. So, you know, for a guy that started so well and, um, you know, had a lot of, to show a lot of resilience with our, around his injury and so, it just wasn't all wasn't on the field where he brings massive amount of um, I guess yeah just massive around stuff for us around around just off the field. He's a massive leader within our sport. He's our vice captain. Um, he's got such a vocal um, voice in our group around how we drive our standards around on and off the field. And so um, he's he's massive for us. And you know I'm, I'm stoked for that he was able to come back and you know for this year he's he's playing a position where he's probably played played a lot in his junior in his junior 
grades and I guess at the start of his career there and he's massive for us. He's Razor's used a lot around him being the best one of the best utilities in the world around what he can add for us. He can play 10, 12, 15 um, on the wing. You put him anywhere, probably play half things, right? He'd probably do a better job than I could actually. So, um, you know, when you've got that kind of guy um, in our squad, he, he's just so massive for us and we're stoked to have him back um, for this year. Does he have a pulse? Like, he, he seems so calm at all times. He is, he is. He, he's calm. He's calm. He, he's got a he's got a fiery side to him as well, which is that competitive that competitive competitiveness that he has in him. So, um, yeah, but he is. Mate, I think that you know that couple of years leading that Tasman Marco side has made massive gains around that, and it's, it's kind of just flowed into the Crusaders environment. And um, yeah, when he speaks, the boys listen. And I think the best thing about Dave is that um, he's a good man off the field, and you know, he'd be the first guy to have a conversation with. with young fellas coming through to make, make sure they're comfortable but then you know let's be able to talk as a leader within our group and I think it's special to have that in that kind of characteristic in our, in our team and um, you would definitely a better place when Davey's playing with us He's going to be vital when if the Crusaders beat the Blues this weekend Is there anything on this boys? Brother? 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 I see the Blues around, mate. If, we, if, we, if we won if we win, you've got to wear a Crusaders jersey. No, nah, nah, I'm never wearing that jersey. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> never, mate. You've already worn a Blues jersey. That's not a punishment for you. <laughs> Plus, we'd have to pay to ship it down to him. Mate, I know you've got gorse pockets, so let's do money. <laughs> oh, what do you want to put on it? Put 50 bucks on it, eh? All right, 50 bucks, mate. There we go. And you put it on And, and because we're nice guys, we'll donate it to charity. That sounds good. Great. How about we make it 100 minutes right. of charity? Jeez, I thought you had gorse pockets. Okay, well, come up with a charity for next week and uh, yeah. we'll announce next week which charity it's going to. Well, one of the, the teams will have a charity. So yeah. whoever's teams wins, we can go to their charity. Great, great. Nice. Oh, jeez. Well, anything. Too, this is brilliant. Anything not to wear that jersey, mate. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> You've worn red and black before, mate. Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, Crusaders win, was that? No, 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 come on. Blues all day. <laughs> we'll see you this weekend. Thank you to Bryn Hall down in Christchurch, James Parsons in Auckland. I'm Ross Carl, and that was another Aotearoa Rugby pod. Check out Sky Super Rugby Aotearoa this weekend on Sky Sport and also Rugby Pass if you're streaming around the world. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.